listening to Beats and Weeps. you're listening to the beats and bleeps podcast i'm your host anthony today my guest and welcoming back to the podcast is jamal green uh, how are you today jamal i'm good thank you excellent um so i mean where i start most most podcasts is kind of your origin story sort of how you got to uh, your sort of background in music through childhood and things and ultimately how you came to work in in video games audio yeah um it feels like such a long time ago I started, but it's it's probably something like 10 years ago or something, um, 10, 11 years ago. Um, it was really the first thing that I wanted to do as soon as I discovered music. Um, my sister is a drummer and really the only musician in the family. And I was always uh, in the room next to her. My bedroom was in the it was a room next to hers and I would fall asleep listening to her practice <laughs> and I just <laughs> to somehow. a metronome yeah, yeah somehow yeah and it but it was always really interesting to me and I knew it's what I wanted to do uh but I think I realized pretty early on that playing and performing wasn't really what it was I wanted to do and it, it was writing that I really loved so at the end of middle school, I think I finally got into writing on GarageBand, which is what we were using in music class. And um, my sister had an early version of GarageBand too. So I would I would come home and, and practice some stuff on there, just trying to write my own compositions and stuff. Not really knowing how to play any instruments, but just <laughs> stacking stuff and trying to work it out. And um, yeah, just following my passion took me through upper school where none of my teachers really um, liked my music, cared <laughs> about my music, supported me in any way, typical of school. Um, but I, so I, because of that, I knew I didn't want to stay on at school and do A level. So I decided to do college instead. And I had the most amazing teacher at college who really, really helped me and supported me. Um, and I didn't have any equipment myself, so I'd turn up to college before my lessons in the morning and stay after my lessons at night and just use their equipment. And I was perfectly happy doing that. Um, so, yeah, I went through university as well, met some great friends there, and all the while doing the same thing, using their equipment because I had none of my own. And I picked up jobs like uh, Skeletac Attack and Equilinox during that time, and that's what really kicks it off for me. Ah, cool. So is it when you started wanting to make music, was it always games you wanted to get in, or was it just making music in general and games was like the, mo the, the first thing that kind of gave you the opportunity? It was uh, immediately games and films I wanted to do. Um, probably just because I had an interest in games and films before music. Yeah. So as soon as my interest for music peaked, I just thought I can, I, not consciously, but I just, it makes sense to me now that I combine the two. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, even from a young age, I would watch movies at the cinema and come away with the soundtrack in my head still. And I know that, for a lot of people the soundtrack um is an important part now but i i don't know i just felt like i felt like i was the only person who really paid any attention to the soundtracks back then especially me and my friends and whatnot it was it was really just me oh cool so obviously you mentioned um scale attack so talk a bit about that i mean was that how early on from leaving university was was that for you, for you to get that opportunity yeah, I mean, Skeletac Attack was actually during university. Oh, okay. So the first game, the first um, sort of full game, like large kind of scale game I did was Equilinox at college. And then um, when I got to uni, I was in between games. I, I think maybe I was finishing Equilinox at, at university. So yeah. I started at college, 
finishing it off at university and then I'd, I'd finished it there and I needed something else to do. Um, so I was looking through Twitter and found a guy called David Stanley making uh, a game called Skeletac and it was such an early version of the game. Uh, even uh, Scully, the skeleton, looked different. Yeah. Everything about the game was different. Um, it was just a very simple platformer. And I reached out to him and, and just asked if I could write music for him. And I, I just wanted to write stuff for people. And he he said yes. And for maybe a year, uh, which was my first year at university, I was coming in early just to uh, and staying late just to write that soundtrack. And um, it was just me and him. Uh, and so I would just write stuff and send it straight to him. And he'd be like, great, I'll put it in. And it was just this really like DIY, you know, organic approach to making games. Yeah. And I really loved it. That's cool. So that, that, um, was that just pu- published by Konami in the, the end? So that's kind of like quite the step from going from just two of you to being published by a very big, well known <laughs> uh, games company. Yeah. It, it's, I think after the first year, things changed a bit so uh, a couple of guys came on board and i think they they wanted to publish Skeletax. so they were um with a company called yakuza from america and they they helped bring the game up to a new level and i think at that level that the game had got to they then decided to take it to pax and i can't remember what pax it was pax east i think yeah um and there a rep or someone from konami had seen the game and played it and the ball started rolling from there and i remember there was like a good few months of oh, okay konami are really interested in the game and they'd like to pick it up but i don't know if any of us really thought it would happen and then they end up picking it up and uh yeah i guess injecting some money into it and uh yeah, things changed rapidly from there. I think the team grew, and that allowed for some voice acting and some cutscenes to be made and stuff, and and for like an overhaul of the of the like the environments and stuff. So yeah, it ends up looking really great. That's cool. So in terms of like uh, the soundtrack for that, what was your what was kind of the um, ideas you had? Was it more like a visual thing? Like obviously the art style was fairly I don't, I don't know how to describe it i watched nightmare before christmas last night and i feel like it's that sort of like horror not horror but like kind of spooky but kind of cartoony in a, a whimsical fun kind of way and it's like you know was it was there anything you drew on like any sort of like other inspirations from that you drew on and what sort of was the pitch that david had for the sound overall yeah, I mean, he didn't have a David uh, or Dave didn't have a pitch for the soundtrack. If if I recall, originally he had some other music in there, which was like rock music, I think, uh, which is music that Dave just really liked, and that that worked. Yeah. Um, but I, when I came on, I was just really eager to test my like <laughs> composition chops and wanted to drag in some kind of film music-y stuff so very much Elfman inspired um, but just typically I am very inspired by visuals and aesthetics more than anything else so this had a very strong style even from the start and I just kind of married that up with <laughs> to be honest music that was kind of ripped from Elfman and some other <laughs> things so it's um, I don't know it's it's yeah that that one is kind of a weird one for me it's um it's it's really cool when i listen back to it um but some other stuff i think is it may be more inspired than that yeah and from so obviously from there part of the thing that came out of that is that got a, a vinyl release um i mean that's pretty cool one of the earliest sort of games you're working on having an actual physical tangible thing released you know a lot of people don't even ever get games they've worked on published as a physical thing these days yeah it to be honest it 
<laughs> when Konami came on, it maybe wasn't the smoothest um, transition. Yeah. Um, and it things were things were maybe difficult at times, but I was very very happy to have got a vinyl release, my first vinyl release from that, and uh, that was that was kind of put together by Mondo, but um, uh, kind of I think the soundtrack kind of got picked up by Sony, and so there was a, a lot of moving parts, and the result uh, on the music front is pretty cool, um, but yeah, I mean uh, there's there's a lot there's a lot to that kind of thing yeah um that is is hard to navigate yeah i mean i it's been a little while since i played it but i think i think the music for it's i mean i don't want to say it's not that dynamic in terms of it's like fairly the different sections have kind of a fairly looping thing so i mean making a soundtrack from that's not not as bad as if you've got like a very general like an actual published soundtrack sorry like a very generative kind of thing that's lots going on to actually make a piece of music from it to listen to end to end rather than in a game yeah i mean i i thought about that today <laughs> yeah i i can imagine i can only imagine how hard it is to to pull together a soundtrack off of music that doesn't play linearly in a game so I'm I'm very grateful that that came together well, you know, and it was it was simple for us to put together the the physical release and and the artwork looks amazing and everything. So yeah. it's yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, Monday do obviously they do a lot of film stuff as well, and their packaging for them is always really amazing. Like I think I've got the soundtrack to Up, the Disney film, and it's just it's like the most beautiful like balloon speckled vinyl ever and it's like ridiculous <laughs> wow that's so cool i love that yeah, yeah no you, to be honest when i think the the benefit of konami coming on is is that so much cool stuff happened with the game that i think otherwise really couldn't have happened there's, yeah. there's only so much you can do as a as a small team um, but having the support of konami like yeah really really pushed it to the next level so really grateful i think the outcome of, of skeleton sack was great that's cool i mean i guess and there was a like a sort of huge shift in i don't want to say professionalism but sort of like um just going back and forth between you and someone else to like a team especially a company large company and stuff like that i guess it like it became much more i don't um not really target but like deadlines and stuff needing to be done and imagine if you were still at uni at that time you already had deadlines for other stuff that may have been a bit a bit hectic yeah i mean to be honest i finished the game when i'd finished uni okay. so that's how that's kind of how long i was i was working on it for and um yeah i mean but you're but you're right though i think the the main the main reason things get more difficult when big players come in is just because you have to change your mindset and the way the way you work and the way the team operates and you're adding more more people to the team so it's yeah it's just just becomes more difficult in that way yeah uh, i mean it's definitely uh, i say i played it a little i think it was early last year i ended up playing it but yeah i really enjoyed it and again i was listening to the soundtrack earlier so <laughs> and definitely <laughs> soundtrack stands up on its own as well so really Thank enjoyed you. it i mean one of the games you mentioned that you were working on um when you were at college and started at uni um equilinox um so that's i've I've not played this one but i kind of watched videos and from what i've picked up it's kind of like a a nature simulation very chilled out and stuff so i'm guessing in terms of like sound that was quite a relaxed atmospheric kind of thing that you may have gone for yeah you know what i i think it, it there's similarities between Equinox and Toem in that both of them were inspired by absolutely nothing other than the visuals. Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned, Skeletak was kind of inspired by the music of Danny Elfman, but Equinox, the music came from absolutely nowhere other than seeing the game from um, Thin Matrix's devlog videos that he does on YouTube and going straight over to to logic and sitting at the keyboard and just coming up with stuff um and that's very much how toem was too so i think 
what comes out of that is something that's really inspired and uh, always kind of different to to whatever you've done before. Yeah, and how how did um, Aquila and Ox come about? How did you come come onto that project? I was watching some devlog videos made by Thin Matrix uh, on his YouTube channel, and that that was for a, an MMO he was making called Soccer One, um, which in the end didn't end up being made. He, I think he'd been working on it for a number of years, and it just didn't end up sort of going anywhere. Um, so he thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll that was a very, really ambitious project. I'll start a new project um, and continue to do devlog videos. So he started making Equinox, and as soon as I saw it, I thought, wow, that's something that I would really love to be a part of. So I asked him, you know, I, I, I messaged him and said, do you need any music for the game? And he said, oh, you know, yeah, maybe at some point, so I'll, I'll think about it. You know, I couldn't take no for an answer, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I went away and and made some music um and so the first track i made was um the one that's now on the album called sheep um because that was the first animal that was in the game yeah first little low poly animal so i sent it to him and i, th- I that must have tipped him over the edge and and he sort of gave in and said sure okay um and i i maybe sent a few other tracks before um i i, I would say signing on but back then there was no signing anything really i just sort of did it (laughs) here's some music use it (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely i i I like that approach like i you know things get very um things get very formal yeah eventually but i really i really love the idea of just like writing stuff just because you know just because you love something and and who cares about all the paperwork and whatever so yeah it's annoying when the whole work and money and legal and all that side gets in the way of of just doing the the pure enjoying something and making something for people to enjoy yeah definitely i I think that's something um you can't in a way you can't really get back yeah uh and so that i think most creatives probably look back on their first few years with great fondness you know and that's always the time where you think you suck the most and you and you do suck the most but like you you enjoy it because every day of doing it you improve so much this is so much fun Mm. so i think i'm just trying to put in some sort of chronological order with the games you've worked on um so another game you you worked on um was sizable um whereabouts did that come in sort of like the times timeline of of games you've worked on yeah, I mean, Sizable was something I did during lockdown to keep busy. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of work during lockdown because, you know, nobody had budgets to work on things or or maybe didn't feel inspired to work on things. I know that was the case for a lot of people, yeah. that they, they felt so sort of down that they just didn't want to make anything. But but someone who was making something was uh, Sander, and uh, he was making a little puzzle game. And I'm not even sure if it was called Sizable yet. I'm not sure. But I saw it on Facebook, one of the game pages that I was following, indie game dev pages. And I thought, well, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to do... I think I already had the idea that I wanted to do something with piano mm. before discovering that game. And when I did discover it, I thought, well, this looks like something I could do piano music for, which is never how I'd approach a project usually. In that, I mean, I would never think of wanting to do something and then attach that to a project. I yeah. would always see the project and work out what to do from there. But it, it kind of just happened that way. And I wanted to challenge myself to using only piano for the score. And I failed at that because some of the tracks contain other things. <laughs> but for the most part, it is piano. And uh, it was just a, it was a great challenge and a lot of fun to sort of arrange music for piano only. Um, and I, I actually have a theory that that led on to some of the solo piano music that I'm doing now. I, I feel like that's all kind of part of the same thing. Is that so? Like the solo piano stuff? Um, I think I think you've posted that you've got an album out today, um, or it's yeah. on Banker. Is that just solely as music in its own right, not like attached to any games or films or anything like that? Yeah, exactly. Which is it, it's the first time I've done anything like that, actually. Um, I've always written music for stuff. And so it was actually really difficult 
yeah, it was really difficult to write music for for nothing. And it took me a while to work out what what it is I'd want to write if I could just write anything. Um, and I very fortunately found what it was I wanted to write. I mean, imagine like, imagine you saying about like with Aquilinox and stuff where you just looked at the or watched the videos of the gameplay and stuff like that and based music on that. It's like, obviously, you don't have that. You don't. So it's like trying to find, I guess, and trying to find inspiration another way for what you wanted to write about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we will, we will talk a little bit about Tome just because obviously we did an episode with yourself last year. Was it last year? <laughs> oh, wow. Maybe, maybe more. Yeah. But yeah, it, maybe more than a year, but potentially, yeah, maybe it was last year. Yeah. yeah. So obviously last year, um, Tome had been out and I believe it was just before the DLC or the extra content had first came out. And obviously that episode was with uh, Use Launchable Socks as well, which people can check out on the list of episodes i think it's episode nine but i mean since since then obviously the biggest news recently is that's now had a very well received final release um from i am 8 bit as well so that's very cool and a physical release of the game as well so that's cool because that's tone been out two years now is it longer than that yeah it came out in september 2021 so yeah two years just gone by yeah that's cool so the fact that there's still the market for a physical release and people wanting the soundtrack shows that that that's had like a very profound impact on a a lot of people not not less than yourself as well i imagine that's been quite a a big thing obviously you and um well you're part of the team that won the bafta for is it best new game a debut game yeah yeah Yeah. that's super cool i mean is there anything is is tome now done as as it stands or is there anything in the works that you you're allowed to say about nothing yet really um but you know at some point it would be great to to pick that up again maybe or or it'd be it'd be interesting to see what the the guys from the team do next because everything they do is so incredible but yeah nothing nothing concrete yet but maybe in the future yeah, that's cool. I mean, obviously, if people wanted to buy the vinyl, that's available at all good record shops. But obviously, I am eight bit is the distributor, and the same with the games. Um, I mean, just um, taking a step away from the games. I know just remembered mentioning about BAFTA. Is so you were a member, uh, or is it a member of? Is it the BAFTA Connect? Oh, BAFTA! Oh, I was I was made a, a BAFTA breakthrough. Yeah. So what does what does that actually entail? I saw lots of people posting about it, and then so I like didn't actually really read that much, which is very bad of me. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, there's there's so there's two things. There's there's BAFTA Connect and there's BAFTA Breakthrough. Uh, both are really cool. BAFTA Breakthrough is that they select fifteen, I think it's fifteen people a year to I I don't know be breakthroughs. So I, I think that it's kind of um, like a form of recognition from BAFTA that you've that you've done something cool. And their aim, I, I suppose, is to connect you with other people that you'd like to meet, or other breakthroughs, or just provide provide you with some form of like a leg up in some way to support you and your craft. Because it's you know it's really hard to meet people and be in the room with with the people that you're that you're trying to be in the room with so so BAFTA just try and help with that and they have the connections because you know as a as an organization they're really well respected and have been around for so long so it's been great so far we've had like a good few events and kind of parties and and those types of things and I've met a lot of really great people I would otherwise not have met so it's it's, it's great that's cool so it's kind of like a bit of a, a networking but also, you know, I'm guessing you can kind of meet peers as well and people that may have been doing it as for a much longer time as well as part of that. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. I mean, it's like, I, I feel bad for, like, seeing all these people being like, I'm now part of the BAFTA breakthrough thing. And it's like, that's cool. That sounds really cool. And then didn't actually look for what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it, to be honest, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to define yeah um it is whatever it says on their site is probably the best way to define it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i mean we'll talk about you you've had uh sound- soundtracks on 
but you've had two games that you've worked on that have came out fairly recently so there's pet pal which is a momentum based platformer it's described as so it's very uh high energy fast paced and stuff it was that i mean obviously toa mcculloch Ox and sizable are all very relaxed and restrained and very ambient soundtracks whereas like pet pal is sounds like a lot more fast-paced chaotic and things is that quite the departure from some of the stuff you've been working on yeah absolutely i don't often get to do that type of thing kind of high energy crazy stuff yeah so that was really fun uh, and just like trying out loads of weird bleepy bloopy sounds and and drum grooves that i wouldn't normally get to throw in so that was that was great yeah and and that that all kind of came about fairly quickly as well um it's not there's not a lot of music in the game and the game is is only small um but it just looks so great it's so much fun yeah it seems like just from the the gameplay footage it seems like those sorts of there's quite a lot of like very fast-paced platformers like celeste and um super meat boy and that sort of thing where it's like fun when you get it right but infuriating when you when you get it wrong yeah definitely i mean in terms of in terms of like inspiration for that was that again just one where you were watching gameplay footage or was there any sort of things you like did like play or listen to in preparation like when when i feel fast paced fast paced platformer games my like go to in my head is sonic which you know has a very defined sound and yeah (laughs) yeah no you know what this was another case of seeing the game and coming up with the sound just purely off of what it what it looked like and and how it felt uh, looking at it and to me it was so crazy looking that i thought oh this is a cool opportunity to like i say try some drum grooves and stuff that i don't get to use normally and try some harmonic stuff that's kind of weird and and out there just chords that are kind of thrown in crazily and stuff and and like there are no wrong answers for this type of thing everything works yeah. it's just such a colorful game that's what i mean in terms of like how the music functions in that is that just a very linear like loop for each stage or is there much in the way of dynamic things in that not much in the way of of dynamics um uh it's, it, yeah it's very much kind of a linear experience um yeah you know it'd be really cool to, to try some stuff that is more dynamic based you know less linear and i've, I've had some things have come up where that would have been an option um but the, those kind of projects have fallen through so far so i would love in the future to to pick something up like that where it's, it's uh, a lot of thought goes into how music interacts with the environment and and the character and that type of thing yeah yeah i mean it's it's almost like a another opportunity of how you can create and another way of being creative with the the music as well yeah definitely i think i think the most complicated things we've got so far is is with toem which was just working out how we would utilize the hike lady which is like the inbuilt um music player in the game yeah because you you want to I may have spoken about this last time um, I was on, but you want to, well, we wanted to give the player the freedom to choose the music that we'd, that we'd written so they could play it whenever and wherever, but also have moments where music is purposefully scored to whatever you're doing. So that was kind of complicated. And yeah, I, I think that's probably as, as complex things have got so far. Yeah. And in terms of Pet Pal, that's out on Steam. Um, at the moment is it out on other platforms or is it just pc just pc for now i think yeah and is there any plans with any additional content with that i know it's freshly released so it's probably still in a bit of a bug potential stage <laughs> yeah you know what i'm i'm not actually sure i'll have to check in on that yeah but it's the type of thing i could imagine doing really well on switch so yeah. i'd love to see that yeah that'd be super cool i mean i've yet to pick it up and and play it yet but it's i feel like i need to be in the right frame of mind for that sort of game yeah <laughs> if i've like yeah, just absolutely. just finished a frustrating day of work the one thing i don't want is to be frustrated by something <laughs> else yeah i completely get that yeah. yeah 
so so the other game that's um been recently released is bilkins folly um which is the story of percy percy bilkins this is yeah. uh, who's gone to find his granddad and mum who have gone off well his granddad in search of treasure his mum in search of granddad so it's kind of like a treasure hunter very fun um pixel kind of 16-bit style i mean obviously i feel that there's a sort of gratuitous sound that elephant sailing ships pirate wires treasure hunting that you have to go for but i mean I, i feel there's like little nods to it but it wasn't like the overwhelming thing of what you had gone for i mean what again is that like just sort of you wrote it on the the visuals of the game and the sort of aesthetic yeah this this one's kind of a weird one and you know i thought i thought about this the other day pirate music is the only like i I think it's the only genre that that a particular soundtrack has got a monopoly on i.e pirates of the caribbean yeah has an absolute monopoly on that whole genre so you have to be very conscious about being too close to that you know because it's just it's just silly otherwise and so yeah and and when i thought about it i I kind of thought well you know sci-fi ranges anywhere from star wars to interstellar to you know all sorts of other things so there's no monopoly there there's a lot of range so i knew i didn't want to do pirates of the caribbean yeah and the game was inspired the game itself was inspired by um monkey island and zelda so I, I listened to a lot of the Monkey Island soundtrack just to get an idea of what I could do. And I thought, okay, this is all well and good, but I don't want to rip off the Monkey Island music. It's already really great. So then I kind of thought, well, I, I'm i really loving the music of Vaughan Williams at the moment. Um, just And his, Vaughan, William, Vaughan Williams as a composer... Um, I, I, you know, I, I feel like I might get this wrong, but I think he was like sort of working from like the late 1800s through to the 40s or 50s or something. Yeah. So he never really wrote anything for film. I think he maybe did a bit like very kind of early film stuff, but his music felt so pastoral, um, kind of cinematic. But but to me, it always came across as like nautical. Yeah. It just felt very like like you're sailing so i knew i wanted to drag a bit of that into the more like seafaring uh, elements of the game and then i kind of thought well i i want the rest of the music to have like a light-heartedness to it and i think maybe something i took from monkey island to achieve that was using like modern instruments on top of old school pirate pirate stuff so there's like electric bass yeah. and like electric guitar and stuff and i i just like that juxtaposition really i think it i think that that's what makes it sound fun yeah i just i kind of realized at a certain point in making it that this soundtrack was going to be pretty big and it was going to have a lot of variation it just just, i got really excited by the idea that it was going to be like a like a grand sweeping soundtrack so i'm I'm really happy with it yeah and and to begin with i was pretty scared that that luke uh the dev on the game would want like 8-bit music yeah because that that's just something that i'm not good at and i was like no i if (laughs) if i'm doing it i really want it to be like orchestral and also kind of like um tropical and when the aztec elements uh were added into the game i I wanted it to be aztec-y and and all those kind of things you know just just not 8-bit that was the only thing i really didn't (laughs) want it to be ah that's cool i mean i kind of I did what I think like when I've been playing it that it was uh, sort of inspired by um, Monkey Island and stuff the game and then it's like when I first looked at it it's like oh it might be it's like I kind of assume any sort of pirate game has that level of inspiration from it anyway and then you get to yeah. some of the humour in it and it's just like oh yeah this definitely is it's like <laughs> I think think like when I was playing it a few uh, a few days ago it's like one of the characters called me a sad, sad bag of lard tits and I was like yeah it's like that's that's a new insult I'm using <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know the dialogue and how it's written is one of my favorite bits of the game uh and you know all all done by luke webster the solo dev on the game uh which is just wild i don't know how any one person I, i've i've worked with like a load of solo devs and they, they always impress me i just don't know how anyone one person can 
can do everything in a game you know it's it's wild i, th- I think we had some help with the uh, uh with the cutscenes and those types of things and maybe sound effects but you know he he put it all together which is just crazy it's like i i didn't realize when i first started playing it like the scale i kind of thought like oh, i went to the this get to the second island the crab island and i was like oh okay this is quite a big thing and then thinking like there's not going to be any of like this is going to be the central hub island and now it's like no there's several islands that are like this big and it's like oh this is this game's huge yeah and, it, and it's like it's got it's it's got a full narrative you know yeah whereas things like equilinox um, also made by Solo Dev um, and incredibly impressive. It, it, at least it doesn't have a narrative that you have to deal with. You don't yeah. have to write dialogue. You don't have to do any of that. Come up with a story. Come, you know, make sure that you have cutscenes and all, all that. That's that's a lot, a lot to handle. Yeah, I mean, I'm still, I still think I've got a good way to go. I, I mean, I'm not going to say where I'm up to, but because uh, in, in case anyone's listening and it constitutes a spoiler but um <laughs> it's like yeah i think i've i've just i'll say i've got the ship and gone from this island after you get the ship and then you get intercepted by another ship <laughs> wow okay that's quite that's that's good going yeah i know that people are finding the puzzles quite difficult yes um so to, to get that far is is really great actually yeah you know? I quite like. I think that's it. It's kind of like actually, like when you look at it on the surface, it's like looks lighthearted and fun. So you kind of, in my head, it's like, oh, it's not going to be like that difficult. But then some of the puzzles have been like, and like because it's not just there's puzzles, but then there's riddles, and then there's like all this stuff. It's like, oh, this is it's actually brain challenging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I must say, um, I think there's a new patch of the game that's kind of rolled out to most platforms which really um handles some of the difficulties people are facing so I, I feel like the experience and you know that was rolled out like like a week after release or something so yeah. new players are going to have a much easier time of getting around and, and it's smoothed out the experience somewhat yeah it's cool i mean i did notice i don't know if it was there at the beginning but i did notice like when i was playing it the other day and i was stuck on a puzzle there's like the little white flag that will skip it and stuff like that so i don't know if that's that feature but yeah it's been been really enjoyable so far i mean i guess it's like because it is very narrative heavy and it's like kind of i imagine a fully fleshed out story i don't know i've not got to the end so i don't know if there's going to be a cliffhanger for a sequel or anything like that but is is that kind of like that project other than any sort of quality of life improvements is that kind of at the end of the narrative for percy or is there anything coming beyond that i would imagine that that is is at least for now the end um just you know so yeah such a big project for luke that i I imagine either he would have to um to tackle something that big again he would either have to have some help which is maybe feasible uh or uh do something else because you know if you're going to spend that much time or anywhere near that amount of time doing something you'd probably want it to be different to keep keep your brain from melting (laughs) yeah I can imagine so I think it's just if it's all you've done for the past however many years he's been working on it's like I do not need any more treasure hunting pirates in my head for a few years (laughs) yeah you know you know what I I don't know if I'm if I will recall this story correctly but the game the idea for the game was uh he came up with the idea for the game by um going out into the garden with his dog um and I think his his wife was gardening and she lost her wedding ring in the soil yeah and uh, <laughs> he went out with his dog to help try and find it and i think they may have found it i'm not sure but uh but that you can see how that's inspiration for the game you know a guy and his dog going around digging stuff up <laughs> looking for treasure that's super cool I mean, I was I would have hoping well, I was hoping that story didn't take the turn where the dog found it and ate it or something. So <laughs> hopefully it was just found and it's back on back on the finger it's uh it should be on and it's been taped on or something so it doesn't happen again. <laughs> we can only hope. Yeah. So stepping away from like specific games, um so say when you come to write uh, a track for a, a game 
what's sort of like your process um say for example you know the the first sort of island theme for for uh, bilkins folly like would you just sit at the keyboard and just kind of grab a few instruments and come up with a melody or is there like a sort of process you follow for that or does it differ depending on different sorts of things normally the first track i write for anything tends to be like an all-encompassing track normally quite long you know yeah, maybe like four, three, four, five minutes, or or maybe like two minutes or something, but but quite long for like a, a demo. Yeah. Um, where I'm trying to throw in as much of my initial ideas as possible, and I don't know, maybe that's like a practical thing where it's like I just want one track that I can send to the person I'm working with so they can hear a, a bunch of stuff. And so I can't remember what the first track I wrote for Bilkins Folly was, but I imagine it was like a suite of ideas. So one idea that kind of melts into another one. And yeah, that, that for me is just, just my way of kind of gauging what works, try some stuff, uh, and, and not settle on one idea too quickly. Yeah. Um, and then once I've got that down and I've maybe sent it off to the developer, um, and I get some feedback, then I kind of know what works. I can just sort of hone into specific ideas from that, extract that and, and, work on single tracks that explore just like one idea yeah so so like so almost like you've got like the grand suite of of ideas and then it's like you know especially if you've sent that over to the dev and they've gone we like all of this and then you can be like great i can use all of this in different bits you know especially if it's not you know it's like we don't like that bit of it it's like okay that's fine i won't use that so it's kind of like Mm -hmm. getting all your ideas out the way in one go and then you kind of have free reign to kind of pull them on individual ones yeah absolutely and in terms of like um like equipment you use is that generally do you tend to like write in a um in like your door and then just kind of compose from there with virtual instruments do you tend to use much real instrumentation or is that kind of a case-by-case basis yeah you know what i think maybe case by case but generally speaking i like to fill up the music with as much live instruments as i can and you know i i i just have like a collection of like small instruments and trinkets i like from me personally i can just put like use so i i can grab a guitar or a bass and try and lay something down uh or grab like a couple of flutes that i can't play and and try and record those um and it's just to give the music some texture early on um and then if i need to record any anybody else or any overdubs for for strings or whatever then i then i tend to call upon that later into the into the process but i i love just using as much real tangible stuff as possible um because really i think what you're looking for are slight inconsistencies and mistakes that you can only get from playing something live yeah i mean i'm guessing like where when it comes down to other uh other musicians and stuff like if you want to record them that kind of comes down to a budget thing of the project if you're able to get them in or if they're nice enough to to do it as a favor (laughs) yeah definitely there's there's all there's all of that to consider yeah yeah that's cool i mean um I guess it like because obviously certain like Bilkins Follies kind of lends itself to quite a organic instrument sound as well. Like I'm guessing quite a lot of that was down the route of um, real instrumentation where possible. Yeah, definitely. Um, things like guitar were as as live as I could get it. You know, I flutes and things. I I do wish I could have maybe recorded some more of those live. Um, but yeah, there, there, there's a lot of things at play lots of time constraints and and whatnot um but yeah definitely as as much live stuff as i could throw in myself anyway yeah um so we'll we'll move on to the the section of the podcast i call quick fire questions so it's just a, a series of five questions where hopefully we'll get to find a bit more about yourself and and what makes you you tick and inspirations and things like that so you are also allowed to have more than one, but if you've managed to get it down to one, for all of these, I'll be super impressed. Um, so we'll start off with your your favourite video game of all time. I'm going to go with Samorost 3. Okay. 
that is a game I've not played. Give it a go. I think uh, you'll love it. What's so? What 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 about that specifically? Was sort of like why why you think that's your your favourite? Um, I think it's aesthetically beautiful. Uh, the puzzles really challenged me. I'm not I'm not like really like that big on puzzle games. Yeah, like I they're not my go to genre, but it is a puzzle game, and I just thoroughly enjoyed the puzzles. Um, and then to be honest, a bit of a spoiler for one of the later questions. I love the soundtrack, so <laughs> yeah, that helps. Ah, cool. I mean, it's. I do find when you you get a game and it's like you can love the gameplay and then the soundtrack be yeah, and it's just a bit like oh okay, and then the other way around. Like I've played a few games that have got the most amazing soundtrack and then it's just a bit like I'll just listen to this separately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, but so moving on to the next, the quickfire questions. Your favorite band and or composer and or musician. This one is i think maybe the only one that i i just could not think of an answer for <laughs> i it and but my the answer i'll give is that it just changes so often yeah that i i just can't pin it down it doesn't feel right for me to pin it down to one person <laughs> or uh, band that's fair i mean i i kind of get like as well it's like even on different days it's like i'll listen to something it's like this is this is the best thing ever and it's like listen to it the next day and it's like you're in a completely different mood and it's like yeah this isn't what i need anymore yeah yeah well i'll tell you what i mean can can you treat the audience to your favorite artist or band or uh, composer so my favorite band and this is one where it's like i was like okay i think i've given this answer for like the last eight years of my life so i can safely say unless like you know someone comes out better but that's the band ocean size so it was uh nice. sort of i don't want to use the word post-rock but it's kind of like very atmospheric um but like going through lots of textures band from manchester um they've been split up for about 11 years now but the guy uh the sort of lead singer vocalist mike van arts um he plays in biffy clyro live and then they've started a new he's got a solo project called van art and that's really good and then they started a band so it's him simon neal from biffy clyro and I think is it dave lombardo that was a drummer for slayer i want to say i may be yeah. completely wrong with that but it's the three of them that have started a band called empire state bastard which is a great name and yeah <laughs> but yeah i think i think that, that's awesome that's sort of the the one i will go to for like my favorite band just because i think i feel there's definitely a nostalgia thing for it like i can just remember it almost like when i was at sort of early 20s my love for that band like i think i went and saw them live in a ridiculous amount of times and just kind of became my personality for a big part but even so it's like <laughs> listening back to there they've got four albums it's like listening back to them's like kind of just a very homely experience of just like i feel so like comforted by this album i've got such fun like albums i've got such fun memories of wow yeah uh, then absolutely they i think they must be your favorite then yeah no doubt yeah i mean composer that kind of like goes through fits and starts i mean i think like john williams is a definite easy cop out of saying as a favorite composer but <laughs> i mean like I'm a, a big fan of like um philip glass as well so and then like obviously the more classical side like really like eric Satie and like uh debussy and that sort of like kind of very just piano yeah yeah soft stuff and very relaxing and that kind of thing oh that's yeah. awesome yeah i love philip glass myself so yeah. he's he's up there he's a, he's a great choice maybe for me definitely ah that's probably the most decent answer i've given to a question <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely save that and just bring it out whenever anyone else asks me again. So I've already answered this. Here it is. This, I've put it in words properly for once. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll move on to the next of the quickfire questions. And again, I think you alluded to that you may have already answered this, but your favourite game soundtrack of all time. Yeah, Samaros 3 for that one, yeah. I think. Nice. Um, I mean, is there any other sort of ones that you would put in a top five? I know this is putting you on the spot now. <laughs> Oh man, uh, yeah, maybe Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Nice. Um, oh, see, it, the, right, what annoys me is 
I, I just there are some that I'll be really annoyed I didn't say yeah. when I think of them later. It's like trying to pick your favorite children and stuff like that. It's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's like not that you forget like which children you have, but it's like oh no, why didn't I say that one? Why didn't I say that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, it will bug me. It will bug me. But there, there are some that I know out there I really love. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, that's one. It's like that for me is very mood dependent. Someone asked me the question a few weeks ago, and I think in an email, and I think I sent them like an A4 list of why. Here's about 10 soundtracks, and here's a very big list of why I like them. <laughs> I, think, I think like, I think they were just expecting me just to go like, yeah, it's just this one. And it's like, nope, you've, you've been got like a, a thesis of yeah various yeah, things exactly. <laughs> i i think you know what i could i could happily take halo 3 nice um, i know that's kind of someone would kill me for not saying one or two but <laughs> halo 3 was the first halo i played i think yeah so halo 3 there's definitely definitely like a sense of nostalgia with a lot of things like this because it's like always those things you play and it's like it may not be objectively the best one now but it's like at the right place at the right time for you to first listen to it it's always like oh my god this is amazing yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah yeah uh, so we'll move, move on to the next of the quick fire questions your favorite soundtrack for a film and or tv show yeah i i split this one up into um film and tv yeah. so two different answers uh, well, we'll start with TV. Probably Downton Abbey from seasons one to three. Okay. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> things changed so much after season three that I like the music had to change with it, and I, it's just not quite what it was. Yeah, it just wasn't quite what it was. So yeah, <laughs> Downton Abbey. I feel um, that's the most quintessentially British answer we, I think we've had, I've had on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, it is the essential period drama yeah. soundtrack. I love period drama soundtracks. That is the one. That is the one. If I, if I could only show someone one period drama soundtrack, that's the one. So, yeah. And then film-wise, is a bit like games for me. It's so hard to pin it down. But I would say maybe maybe Shawshank Redemption but that to me when I say that is kind of like anything Thomas Newman from 1994 to 2008 and the other choice might be The King or something by Nicholas Brutel. Yeah, yeah definitely I mean that's quite the quite the list as well there's some absolute corkers there <laughs> <laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah I mean going back to Downton Abbey I feel like because it I feel it's one of those things that because it got so popular, people just do that thing where they dislike it because it got popular. It's like, do you know why it's so popular? Because lots of people have realised it's really good. And it's yeah. just like, it's like, especially when people that don't normally, you know, watch period dramas aren't interested in that thing, like, and then they're really into it. It's like, that's because it's so well done. Yeah, absolutely. It is a ridiculously good show. Like, I really, really love it. And little shout out to have you seen Severance on Apple? No, I think quite a few people have mentioned it to me now, so I definitely need to. I need I, I've not it's got so Apple good. TV because there's quite a few things I I want to watch on it, and it's like I'm just waiting for the right moment to like be able to get it, binge everything, and then do it in like a month or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. But definitely, that's that's got to be on the list. It's yeah, it's it's incredible. Yeah, really great. Um, and the final of the quick fire questions. So, your favorite individual song or track from a, a game soundtrack? Sure. I perceive the question as uh, favorite game song. Yeah. Which I I know that's that's included in it. Um, otherwise, I'd given given you a game. Actually, no. I, I could probably give you a game track off yeah. off the top of my head. But but I'll do the one I wrote first, which yeah. is game song still alive from mirror's edge <laughs> nice um, i know there's a there's a there's a still alive from portal what's it portal right yeah, yeah so 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 strictly still alive from mirror's edge <laughs> <laughs> great song and then you know what i'm gonna go favorite game track i'm gonna go treetop terrace from this is coming off the top of my head now from skylanders the first skylanders oh, okay. game nice just because I think so much of that Lawn Battle soundtrack 
inspires what I do even now. Like it, I think it helped me kind of craft my sound a bit. So that's shout out to that for sure. Oh, cool. I find Skyland is a very weird thing where it was everywhere and then and then nowhere yeah it's just like now you go into a computer shop and there's just like thousands of the figures for sale for a pound and i can remember like buying my nephew them for christmas for like 30 pound each and it's like <laughs> like just having this massive collection of it it's such a cool like maybe it comes back to this thing with me really liking tactile things and having physical things but like the whole toys to life craze that was like 10 years like 10 years to about five years ago you know there was lego dimensions there was the Star, uh, Starlink wasn't it that had well it was a, its own game but then they had the um, Star Fox characters in and stuff yeah, for the next um, right. the Switch one it's just like that that craze just happened was massive and now it's like completely gone away other than Nintendo releasing Amiibos that aren't really that they just give you fancy costumes yeah <laughs> yeah it's weird how quickly things change right yeah. it, that, that's a great example of how trends change very quickly yeah definitely but yeah i mean they're two quite cool suggestions and not not ones we've had before and i'll definitely check them out i can't remember which skylanders i played quite a lot but i don't, don't know if it was the first one it was the one where they broke some of them broke in half and you could mix and match them oh swap maybe that was like swap force yeah, or something that, was that, that would make sense yeah. i didn't play that one no i just rubbed it off my nephew um <laughs> <laughs> it's like again like we're talking about crazes with he would have been younger then um, like he'd like eight eight nine it's like very much like they change even quicker then so it's just like oh yeah i'm done with this now it's like i bought you these about two months ago yeah <laughs> if you're not using them well, i will use them <laughs> yeah yeah it makes you not want to buy anything for kids because yeah. they just will not use it eventually that's the thing it's like uh oh, and now i just get them money because they're at the age where nothing's cool anymore <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah at uh, the end of the quick fire questions kind of came to sort of the end of um the podcast where i ask you about anything you're working on currently any any work coming out in the future obviously um you mentioned don't think you mentioned the name of the piano album you've got coming coming well that's out now um well what's that called yeah the piano album came out today and it's called impressions and that's on your Bandcamp for download. Everything but Bandcamp. Oh, okay. Annoyingly, but but you know, just yeah, for this release, it can't be Bandcamp. Okay. But, but certainly everywhere else. Yeah, that's cool. And is there anything else you're working on currently that you're at liberty to be able to talk about? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. Which is really annoying. <laughs> but but i'll come on next time and and it's it's so weird like it goes from i can't tell you anything to i'll be it will be it'll be like a post briefing you'll have yeah. played the game and we'll talk about it so that that's how that's that's how these things work but I, do, I yeah i don't think i can mention anything for now but a couple of couple of game things in the mix so hopefully we'll talk about those soon yeah definitely and i mean if people want to keep up to up to date with your goings on and stuff is twitter the best place or x or whatever yeah. we're calling it today no i'll never call it x <laughs> ne- eventually you'll see a divide in people where some people call it twitter and everyone else call it x yeah yeah x let's call it (laughs) i said i'll never call it that but let's call it x but sort of shifting over to instagram a bit now yeah any i think anywhere really i try to update everything as as often as possible i mean i i I feel this may be a a, the best sort of one with us both being from england but like twitter and x reminds me of that pub that everyone has in their town that changed the name but everyone just still calls it what it was originally called (laughs) yeah absolutely it's like my dad's like i'll never call it the phoenix it's always the campbell to me (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah that's Um, right but yeah um i mean that's kind of came to the end of the questions i had for yourself jamal i'm not sure if there's anything you would like to add anything uh, you'd like to talk about no i you know what i think i would like to shout it out some music i've been listening to lately yeah. but i don't know I don't, I don't know what i've been listening to now <laughs> um but no thanks for having me it's, it's been really awesome yeah, it's um, been, a, been a pleasure yeah. i mean i i don't know if this uh this suggestion will be too timely but could do is like a you could put together a little spotify playlist and share that we'll share that alongside the episode yeah definitely this yeah. this 
Let's go for it. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, it's it's been a pleasure having you back and chatting. There's lots of different things. Obviously, last time we focused on Tome, um, which was really cool and still glad to see that that's having a massive prolonged success because it's very well deserved for, for yourself and obviously the team and everyone else involved as well because it's um, probably one of the, the better games I've played in the last sort of few years. So it's, oh, I definitely awesome. know everyone I've told to play it that has actually ended up playing it has said nothing but good things about it but yeah it's been a a pleasure having you on thank you very much for your time i'd once again like to thank jamal for taking time out of his schedule to chat to myself for the podcast the spotify playlist is linked in the episode description if you wanted to check that out of some things jamal has been listening to recently as always beats and bleeps will be back next friday with another new episode if you wanted to find more information out about the podcast you can check out the twitter page which is at beats bleeps pod or the website which is beats and bleeps.com i'd like to thank you very much for listening and supporting the podcast i hope you have a lovely day